Healing crystals, skincare routines, knitting a sweater, fitting in jeans. With Katie and Sarah, no need to worry, you're on a lady journey. And welcome to Lady Journey, everyone. <laughs> welcome. I am so thrilled today because we have an incredible guest, Ellie Kremendahl, and we have been trying to get you on the podcast forever. You're doing a million things. You have a show. You have a podcast. You're a mom of two, mm-hmm. and 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 you're also a former therapist. And mm-hmm. now you're here with us today. I'm here. Um, Thank you guys so much for having former, me. Former, as in you don't want to do it anymore. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> so, so I still do a little bit of therapy gotcha. as my day. Job. Yes. yes. And it's kind of shifted. Like it used to be my full time job. Now it's like two days a week. Gotcha. And I don't take I haven't taken new patients in like two years. So okay. I just have a group of people I've seen that literally forever. Yes. And I know them and it's like but I can't take new people anymore because I just I can't. Yes. I can't emotionally. But I love the people I work with. And it's like basically the best day job ever because I've been doing it forever and it's meaningful. And yes. So yeah. wonderful. I would yeah. love for you to be my therapist i am struggling to find someone i'm like <laughs> it's like finding a new therapist also on a budget you're like oh just a lesser of two evils i'm like do i take the 14 year old woman oh who's just who's like i don't know or and now i'm i'm with a girl now who's giving me um she's all of my problems are self-created from stand-up and so she's just like well maybe you should just get a job i'm like no okay Wait, <laughs> okay did your therapist say that to you she did but i don't i think she just doesn't understand i try to like break it down i actually you know. think there should be a separate there because my therapist back in houston i had an epic bomb and she was like well maybe next time you go up there and i was like <laughs> oh wait are God. you giving advice on handle the situation where you're like i because that's have you ever noticed that with like self-help or like social media accounts telling you how to get your numbers up but then you're like this only applies to like people that are running like a business with a item that they're selling. And yes. yes for dealing sure. with art is a little bit different. You need yeah. a therapist who understands what the, it's like to be an artist. Yeah, like yes. I cannot stress it's that important. enough because both of those examples you just gave are horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Just well, truly horrifying. I, you're fired. <laughs> I, was, I just took it as a grant. I thought she was sweet and it was almost like advice that my mom would have given me. I, like just go up there and like shit Just dazzle them with your personality. And you're like, <laughs> what? I know, but then why? Why? Are you paying your therapist to give you right. mom advice? Yeah. Although I do have to say, I was like, actually, if I got a job, then this would uh, none of these problems would happen. I should just get out of stand up, yeah, and go into the real world, and then have a different set of problems, and then I could just go to a, the same therapist. Yeah. And oh then she's God. like, you should do stand up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get out there and try for your dreams. Yeah. Now, <sighs> how did you know? How did you kind of go from therapy? You were kind of an arts background, and then you decided you kind yeah. of went on your own journey to go into the arts. What I went was on that such like? a journey. I mean, I was I was in the arts. Like, I went to school for film and TV, and then I moved here, and I was like waitressing and writing and performing and stuff. Oh, and cool. then, um, and that was also drinking a lot. I was like okay. really embracing my um, alcoholism in my early 20s and early to mid. And then 
I just kind of like panicked and felt like I needed health insurance and stability. I was getting a lot of family pressure and I was an alcoholic and I was like, you know, what will fix me graduate school in San Francisco. So so I like the dream. And so I applied like literally in a fugue state. Like I still can't believe I got into these therapy programs. I became I moved to San Francisco. I became a therapist through the process of that graduate program. I got I realized I was an alcoholic. I got sober. And then I I was a full-time therapist for a long time. I was still writing and performing, but I was like trying to force myself into being okay with it being a hobby. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, that's the thing to do. Like now you have this career. Now oh, you have 150K yes. in student Sensible. loans. Yeah. 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 And then over the years, I just like I was getting like more and more existentially bereft. And mm. couldn't really deny that that wasn't okay with me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I had a kids. I had my first kid and I had this like really powerful experience of like, if I am like replete with regret and she feels that and sees that that's like deeply damaging and I can't tolerate it. And that's what like forced me to be like, okay, no, I'm an artist. I'm going to start this transition of like, at least doing both and ultimately mm-hmm. moving into like trying to, you know, I mean, who yeah. actually gets to be like a full time writer and comedian, but you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes moving going toward, for it. Moving the feeling toward. of knowing that you went for it, I think is yeah. so priceless. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's what happened. Wonderful. Yeah. And here you are. Here I am. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it well, too. Oh, yes. yes. Now, I see you have a show. Um, called is shame spiral is the podcast or is that the show gay shame is the yeah, show they're both shame on shame i, I love theme. them they're both shame oriented yes <laughs> <They are. laughs> but um this my podcast is called shame spiral yes and my monthly show is called gay shame mm. i love this yeah. i love this i had a mini shame spiral when i just completely forgot to do oh my god i, I was very meta yes but i was like can we yeah. use this one because that because it reminded me of my drinking days of being like this Oh my god! Oh my god! I completely slept through. Yeah, yeah. And I then totally, forgot. It's so funny though because it's like when you just said that. Like I had completely erased that that happened. Yeah. But of course, when you're the one who did it, you're like, whew, like you feel that's like that's all I was so, thinking about. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So you perpetuate it with in your own self. Yes, yeah. but it is kind of um, a fun thing to look back on. Mm-hmm. hindsight true I remember once <laughs> yeah. I I woke up and I thought that my car had been stolen you know from drinking yeah. and then and then turned out it was just three blocks away yeah. where I had parked <laughs> yep. and that but that feeling the panic feeling yeah it's just the beginning it's the tip of the iceberg of all day being like what's wrong with me oh yeah of yeah. course I'm a piece of shit and that's yeah. why all of these things are happening. It's yes. directly stemming from my shitness. You yes. know? No, do you like when you do like work on shame, do you like Brene Brown and kind of her approach to the resilience? I don't not like Brene Brown, but okay. I also it's a little I'm like scared to say this out loud because I, Brene Brown, you're wonderful, but it's a little precious for me. It's that's a fine. little. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, no, I um, think that's a nuanced take on it. Yeah. I just need it with some grit or I mm-hmm. can't sit and listen and and that is my shit like I really own that it's because like I have a hard time with vulnerability when people are trying to be like really um like earnest with the Mm self-care talk with me I just want to vomit you know Mm -hmm. so no I need it a little bit in a different package than Brene Brown but I respect Yes, work. <laughs> she's she's a brand. She's, she's truly a brand. a brand. I'm like that with Taylor Swift, and she has mm-hmm. a hardcore fan base. Yeah, so they and hopefully we're triggering them. Push us up to the top of the algorithm, girls. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, 
admire her artistry, just never yeah. connected. Yeah, yeah, not for you. Not for me. Yeah. I've never listened to Taylor Swift. I I was in a cab recently, a Uber. And she has some good stuff. The guy was a full playlist. I love this guy. He was answering the phone to his wife. He's just singing along. I was in the back with my boyfriend. We were like, is this the best? This is the best <laughs> lift we've ever taken. This guy is full of joy. Living yeah. his best it's life. It's like, tell the kids I say goodnight. Like, <laughs> wonderful. And I, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, that's the only time that you should hear Taylor Swift. When a man is trying to make you not feel threatened. Yes. When you're in his space. I could see feeling very receptive to it. In yeah. that moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it feels like I'm at the concert. Uh, you go to the movie theater for. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're not going to run into too many men that are listening to Taylor Swift. Uh, openly. Openly. Yeah. Openly. <laughs> openly. Yeah. Um, I read Brene's Shame Resilience book. I forget which one it's called, but we did talk about it on here because I felt like it was, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like changing my life in a way that I'm at least able to put a name to these feelings that are mm. so taboo yeah. and inspire so much for me, like anxiety of like judgment and social anxiety, you know, because mm-hmm. mm. I feel like like so totally self-created in a way too. like especially times I've had social anxiety in my life where it's like I feel nervous. I go into a space and then I'm acting anxious and then I feel ashamed and mm-hmm. then it just yep. spirals. It's a shame spiral and it goes all the way down to the end to the point where I'm like, and now I'm in the corner staring. Yes. <laughs> no. And of course, people think I'm weird because I'm like, hi, <laughs> is it OK that I'm in here? It's like, yes, it's the doctor's office. Yes, yeah. it's so true. I think about that all the time, the recursive nature of it, mm-hmm. because if you're in in that situation and you're thinking like I'm so weird I'm so anxious the whole night then becomes about feeling weird and anxious yeah there's nothing to talk about because like when you're like I have nothing to talk to these people about it's like no the, the cupboard is bare because it's just filled with anxiety yes and it just does just self-perpetuate my gosh well, I've been trying you, sorry well, well then in those moments then you just start sharing secrets about your life <laughs> I, yeah. I killed a man <laughs> <laughs> because you just need to have something you're like yeah. digging out of the yeah. bin yeah that's when I start accidentally lying which yes. is what we oh, talked about where people yeah. are like have you seen this movie I'm like 100% oh my, my God, favorite yes. <laughs> yeah the next thing you know you've told people you're in 9-11 yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you need something to offer yeah, yeah some well, kind I'm of doing exchange. like a little bit of a grounding technique right now where I have Ooh. my crystals and then I just go to the pocket and hold the crystal and it's not really working but it's something yeah maybe something will come of nice now mm -hmm. what made you go into like going into a podcast about shame was it something that you dealt with a lot and that you wanted to deal with it and hear other people's stories I think it's that yeah I mean I've always been sort of um inclined toward shame and shame spiraling like that feeling of just like there's something wrong with me there's something unfixable like very piece of shit at the center of the universe kind of thing from childhood always yes it's always always. been there yeah yeah and part of it is like I have OCD and I think that there's some connection around that because I didn't know what I had OCD until I was a full adult. Well, people make you feel weird about OCD. Like I've always, there was a quote in a David Sedaris book that I really enjoyed. And it's also quite funny because he had OCD Mm -hmm. and he would go to like when he was a kid, like be with his mom's friends or something. And they would comment about how he had always had to like fix things and they would make him feel weird about it. But yet later on when he started smoking, everybody's totally cool with that. Yeah. And you're like, why is it that we're fine with somebody poisoning their body and doing a weird habit 
even mm-hmm. though I like smoking. <laughs> like, totally <laughs> think it's cool. But like, just let people fidget. Yeah. Why is that affecting you? And why are you making someone feel bad about being yeah. a fidgeter at that time? So much totally. projection onto kids that have these issues. I it's, know. It's yeah. rough. Yeah. And mine was more, I have what they call it pure O. So okay. it's like just thoughts. Okay. You're ruminating. Ruminating right? on yes. really dark things. Okay. And a lot of them are orbiting around the idea that if they're true about me, I'm a literal monster. Yeah. So that was all like completely secret mm-hmm. for my whole life until I like got that diagnosis and I was like, oh, I can start like thinking, like talking about this and whatever. So, um, and then whatever, other reasons, shame. But yeah, I just think that like, I guess what inspired me to do it is like it being a secret, I think is just so, um, it's just compounds the damage, yeah. you know, Yeah. shame in general. So I'm like, I think it's really meaningful to like talk about it. But also ah. I thought like this is the more strategic, like sadistic part of me is I was like, well, I have this therapy background. Like I bet I can like use my skills to get comedians to like talk about their shame in a really like deep way. Yes. Yes. And it can be playful which then is like more digestible and enjoyable to listen to like all of it together. I love that. Yeah. Always talk about how fun it is. We've learned the terminology like maladaptive daydreaming and how wild that can get and how it is embarrassing that you're going down such deep rabbit holes in your mind of a life that you've given yourself. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a zoologist. (laughs) I'm going to zoology school. I'm a doctor of pandas. Wait, I haven't heard that term maladaptive daydreaming. I can imagine. There's like a whole Reddit thread and I kind of found it through also TikTok. So who knows what the validity (laughs) of it, but I do feel like, like some of the memes were so funny to me of like, um, this is like where you've, created a relationship with somebody in your head and you've already accused them of cheating 20 years down the line. Yes. And then you revel in the fact of enjoying, um, like putting cheater on their garage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's so fascinating. And then you kind of use it to like dissociate when you're in like any type of situation that you don't want to be in. You're like, well, now I'm planning my wedding again in my own mind and living the fantasy of my special day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It protects you from something, I'm sure, in that moment. Yeah. Or like, I almost think it's very similar to intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Which are always so disturbing and then that feels like you're like, am I a bad person for having these thoughts right now? Like oh, yeah. I'm thinking about what's the most fucked up thing I can do in this scenario. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's and totally, those are funny yes. to me when somebody when people are willing to share that in a safe space. <laughs> me too. <laughs> can I share one? I so I went yes. to Mike's. I did actually share this with Mike. I went to Mike's my boyfriend. Okay. I went to his album recording. Um, <laughs> and I opened for him. So this is in Nashville. After the album recording, I had not drank in like months and I had also been doing like my sugar detox at the time which is a uh, a maladaptive uh, (laughs) eating pattern that I go on Um, so I hadn't eaten anything and I was like you know what I I think I'm gonna have just a little vodka soda to relax Uh, to the waitress was like you want a double I was like okay I had a double vodka soda I'm sitting there the he's doing the taping I'm in the front I and I was having the most like intense intrusive thoughts of like what if I just stand up and scream just scream the f word oh my god and I was like I have to stay present in the moment because it feels like it's about to happen it's, it's, it's coming happening. along I was like, uh, no 
together and we were just cracking up. I'm also like, I'm sitting with his mother. Oh, Jesus. Or like, what's something that would really embarrass him if you just, tried to like, it, try to get your jokes up there? <laughs> I propose. Yeah. <laughs> So. Intrusive thoughts are terrifying. They're they wild. Are, but I do feel like if you can get people to share these like really funny, intimate thoughts in a safe space with no judgment, that's why like 12-step programs are actually yeah, pretty interesting. It takes it's the, the best. sting out it, of it. It takes the sting it out. It makes you feel normal again. Yeah. And being able to laugh at it, it's kind of... It's kind of like what we were just talking about before we started recording. Like if you're telling someone your shame and the context is very like, I hear you and I witness you like that's its own thing. Mm -hmm. But if you tell someone like the worst fucking thing and you are laughing till you're crying about it, like there is such a deeper relief that comes from that. Yes, you're absolutely released from the prison of that feeling. I think that and it's that's why I like. I hate when audiences turn on you like when you're like, yes. And then you're like, well, I'm telling you I'm fine. So I don't know why you're, I actually can't stand that you've made, you have actually made me feel bad about this. Yeah. And it's nothing. I don't think it's that crazy actually. I know. Yeah. That's why I love like those, I'm thinking of like the old 17 magazines when they would have like the embarrassing story section oh, and yeah. you always read it and it's like a girl, she like goes poop at her boyfriend's parents house and then the, doesn't flush, she, she throws it out the window and it's like on the sunroof of the basement or something. <laughs> those are so hilarious and just like telling yeah. us embarrassing story like that and to have people laugh along with you. It's like we've all, we've all had to plunge a hotel bathroom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just unlocked such a memory for me like I'm oh, trying sure, to remember sure. no just about that like YM or yeah. like oh, was yes. it most mortifying there was like a title to that segment or maybe yes. it was Sassy magazine do you guys remember that oh Sassy Sassy uh, yes. I Sassy but so YM did have and it was a lot of stuff about periods meaning like period I was stuff. on a yes. I went to the beach with my boyfriend and he was like hey what's that and it was my tampon string hanging out my <laughs> totally suit. and yeah. he pulls it <laughs> Which I actually can't it. I can actually see a guy being that stupid. Like I was at a show the other day and a guy didn't know what a panty liner was. Really? Yeah. And I actually thought that was weird. But maybe he could be gay and his only relationships are men or something. Or he's maybe he's living under a rock. Yeah. Where I but I feel yeah. like it's at least in it's out there in the zeitgeist somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And but also like put it together in your mind. Yeah. It's yeah. a compound word. <laughs> a panty liner. Like, w- yeah. w- what do you think it could be? Yeah. That's such <laughs> a gross word for it. Now that you just said it out loud. I'm like, why do they have to humiliate us by it's calling like a it a pool liner? liner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would just call it a know. tiny diaper. Just call it a little bit. It's just for a little bit. It's a little bit. a little bit. For the extra. <laughs> yeah. Just a light flow. <laughs> I had a um I had a terrible embarrassing thing one time that happened. I was uh at an open mic peeing, of course. And like you know in these bar bathrooms you're like squatting, like trying not to touch but also not sprinkle cuz you're yes. a, a consider citizen a concerned citizen <laughs> and um all of a sudden it's like the bathroom's just opening and it, everyone's just turning you're like hi oh god hi and then now here I'm up doing my jokes about feminism yeah. Yeah. five minutes later and that's one that you know I always get like the cringe um <clears throat> flashbacks <clears throat> <laughs> Shame spiral. <laughs> I'm freaking out. <laughs> Can you hand me my water, Lex? 
Uh, so the, how long have you been doing Shame Spiral for? Good save. Thank you. <laughs> Moving along. Um, we'll let we just, Katie recover. I'll take over. Thank we you. Just, it's just a few weeks past our one year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything wild? <gasps> wild. You don't have to go, maybe to save. Can it you, is a podcast. I know it's in a public forum, but you still. Can you narrow it down? Like what kind of wilds are you thinking? So what it, okay, so let me like rephrase. I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> that was very shameful. Something was caught in my throat and it's been happening a lot lately, but we've also been we've been backlogging episodes. Yeah, so we've been we're dry talking like one hundred hours. Throat lube. And quick side note on that, like why is that so universally shameful when you like Choke. Cough and choke, or need a sip of water, and your eyes start tearing. Like why? Yeah, I feel like, like it's so oh, embarrassing. Are you okay? Yeah, you're like I'm fine. I just had something in my throat, but I did feel embarrassed. I right? felt shame. I felt shame. Felt just it. Yeah, just being like a slight human is just embarrassing. Being it's the worst. It is. I was it at an open mic once. Uh, I was at an open mic once. The guy goes up. He's doing his jokes. He falls down, and when people are like, "Ah, okay, a bit." trying a bit he passed out <gasps> and for like 45 seconds i remember just being like this bit is going long oh and, my god and all of a sudden everyone together was like it's not a bit <laughs> and just runs for the guy to like prop him up you know and this poor guy he was like um okay i don't know what happened i'm just waking up to be surrounded by like 18 comedians but wow yeah but like oh talk about a mortifying scenario it's like you can't help passing out but no, no. Mm-mm. I've actually gotten to the point of um, like when I was talking earlier. I, so I have a weak pelvic floor, and yes. um, when I go <laughs> running, pee comes out. Oh, I had it last night, and in the past, this is the nice thing about getting older. I I don't care. Mm-hmm. I will go run an errand with pee on my pants. Sure, oh, that's I love that. that's, that's liberating. Bravery. Yeah, it's so brave. <laughs> It is. But sometimes you think about that on stage is like, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I could get explosive diarrhea and it comes out to my pant leg. Oh my I've gosh. I've thought about that before. Like the airplane, the one yeah. on the airplane. I've thought about that in the airplane yeah. too. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we've all had diarrhea on the airplane. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. It's so, God, I hate when your ass is betraying you like that. <laughs> With it's, no and there's yeah. nothing you can do. The out of controlness of that is what really I makes me nuts. I have respect for Delta diarrhea. Is that who? Yeah. I may have just come up with that moniker. I love that. What is Delta Diarrhea? There was a flight where a flight was, it was, I believe, to Lisbon, to Spain or Madrid or something. Yeah. (laughs) I do. Their diarrhea was so out of control. It was on the plane, down the uh, aisle of the plane, and people are like taking photos of it. And then they ended up having to reroute the plane and land back in Newark. Was this recent? Yeah. Yes. Okay, because I saw this headline last week. Yeah. And usually I would click so fast, but I was really busy this last week and I was like, I can't, I can't deal <laughs> yeah. with that. I don't have time for this yeah. trauma. Yeah. Save. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, f- there. I mean, somebody had, that's the type of diarrhea where it's like, there's a medical emergency, okay? We don't need to be shaming somebody like they're just pooping openly in the flight. No one wants when this. They're going no on one their... asks for that. Yeah, it's not yeah. just like you're yeah. going down, you know, like 22nd Street and you see like, okay, someone's... <laughs> Taking a poop there. Fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I'd love for that person to come forward. 
and just own it. Make a million dollars as a reality <laughs> TV star. They would get so many TikTok followers. Oh my gosh, go on Shark mm-hmm. Tank. I yeah. know, do a press conference and just talk about it openly. Like, well, I started the flight. It was normal. Yeah. I, 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 I did feel little rumblings in the beginning. And I was like, you yeah. know what? I can make this international flight. Yeah. And I... I'm so sorry. <laughs> and buy my book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to go on TikTok and make a plea for that person to come oh, on yes. Shame Spiral. I don't oh, think do. that you should. I'm going to. But what in the world? So what are some of the cases? Like, what's oh, the, yeah, the umbrella yes. of the Shame Spiral? Oh, did you mean, like, the wildest stories that yes. people yes. have brought? Okay, that makes sense. Yes. I was thinking, like, what was wild, like, interpersonally? But that's not yeah, what like, you meant. Did you have a Christmas um, McLover <laughs> on your show oh, yeah. that pulled- anyone awful tell us everything i will um i mean people have brought some really good stories um oh like what are some of the craziest ones well some of the not the ones on podcast but like you know going thinking about like adrian brody apparently got kicked off snl because he showed enter without letting anyone know he put a rastafarian wig on and did a jamaican accent to introduce the band <gasps> and it was so weird and off-putting but then you're <laughs> yeah. that, that you're like do you think those people deal with shame like some people don't deal with shame i mean some people are just like every idea i think is great yes, yeah i think about this all the time it is because yeah. the, i think you're right i think some people are so defended against it mm. that it just can't get in at all they're like everybody they implicate the world around them yes ah, like externalizing yeah right? and then some people like me, take on all of it as and yes. other people's <laughs> and cringe. other people's yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm feeling shame for you in this moment. Yes, I'm apologizing yes. to you yes. for you stepping on me. Yep. Always. Do you ever get like the cringe flashbacks? Always. Oh my gosh, I was Always. getting them so bad. I get them when I'm really tired, which is like you're already kind of mentally vulnerable to bad spirits coming yes. in. And they just last Sunday, I was like, I'm going to Target, and it was I was gonna have a great time and yeah. it was ju- I was getting hit time after time of and it was usually also it happens to me when I travel a lot because I think I'm I'm repressing while I'm out there in the world and well, then you're alone with your thoughts yeah, yeah. you're not on your phone you're yeah. in a moment mm-hmm. and that's where you're going. That's your happy place. Yes. I'm in my happy place yeah. and that's it's when they get me. Yeah. That's right. You can't yeah. ever be too happy. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's when they'll take you down. It's so funny. I mean, I challenge them now. I'm like, okay, did everyone see me drop an Oreo and then eat it? You know, no. Yeah. No. And if but, you did, who cares? What? Yeah. What? I dropped an Oreo on the bathroom floor and I had it. It's all just so it's like you can know intellectually Mm -hmm. how off it is, like how disproportionate the spiraling is. Like, yeah, like that's such a thing I've learned in recovery, like the self-centeredness and just like the degree to which I think everybody is thinking about me and all of these horrible things about me is so huge and they're not thinking about me at all. They're thinking about themselves. Like I know that intellectually. Yes. Yes. I really struggle to actually like do the next thing though, which is like, try to shift my stance toward myself based on that information. It's so hard. It's so hard. Well, sometimes I think that's where like humor comes in as the defense mechanism as 
like I think about that when I think of what's the worst thing that can happen to me in this moment. And then I, the next spot I have to help me deal with that. How can I handle this in a humorous way? Oh, I love and it's that. usually again, just kind of like owning it. Like, yeah, I shit my pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the best thing you can do. I think. But yeah. I've, I mean, this, I'll name him. Ari Shafir, one time he went into the restroom after I went into the restroom and afterwards he shit shamed me and I was <laughs> like this, are you shit shaming me like a basic human function? Yeah. What are, Like your shit don't stink, but I was so like mortified and was like, you are not a good person. <laughs> Meanwhile, he I thinks he's that. just like joking around with yeah. you and you're like, ah, you've undone years of work. I am oh not God. one of your guy friends. Like, yeah, I'm on keto right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's the thing I do think about like being in a male space. That's like a male space of comedy, right? Where, um, not to say that there's a lot more women and um, different people in comedy than it used to be like years ago when I started, when you started. But it's still a male space where it's like the rules are kind of governed in that way where it's like mm. it's a hang with dudes and mm-hmm. like I might make a fat joke and you're like, whoa, yeah, whoa, <laughs> I'm cool with everything. You yeah. know, you're like, yeah, I'm a fatty. <laughs> like, oh it's wild. Yeah. You're like, I'm not one of your guy friends. And also guy comics get self-conscious with that kind of humor. Mm. as well yes yeah there's a fine line between joking and bullying i think yeah yeah well and it's so dependent on the person receiving it yeah like yeah you know like if you were a different person or had been even having a different day mm-hmm. like you might have been able or from a different comic exactly. you might have been able to be like i know that was brutal shit that i did yeah. yeah but in that moment with that person and where you were at like it I was too much it. Yeah. yeah and i should have from him <laughs> like, he's a good friend of that's mine his but whole thing. that's yeah. his whole thing but i was like all right that was a little a lot for you at that yeah. moment or like I wasn't prepared for that and I'm waiting for my amends yes, <laughs> yes. well now I've decided to pull a white woman on him and anytime he does something heinous like practical prank I will call the cops on him <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the only yeah. way to get back yeah <laughs> I was like well I'm gonna go one step further in my prank and get the law involved <laughs> And see how funny you think that is. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you have the two kids at home and how yeah. do you help them kind of grow uh, dealing with their shame? Shame. Are they school age? Yeah. So, so. I have a daughter in kindergarten. She just started oh kindergarten. Gosh. Congratulations. That's a, that's, a, that's a big step. That's an age where things start. Yes. yes. And then Feelings I have a two year old. Yeah. Okay. There's feelings. Definitely. There's feelings at two also. It's yeah. wild. But yeah. there's not really abstraction yet. It's my older daughter can more like she can have a conversation a bit about yes. mm-hmm. what she's feeling and try to understand, you know, what's happening. Yes. A little. Mm-hmm. How you feel do so I, alone I at that age. Yeah. 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 I know. I am like so existentially angsty about the fact that my kids have to have a childhood. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this is terrible. Like, I like that's yeah. what I feel sometimes <laughs> when I just look at them. I'm like, I am so sorry that I did this to you, oh, that I brought you here. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to go through so much. There's nothing I can, like, I can do my best. It's not going to be enough. Right. Yeah. Like, it's a huge job. It's a huge job. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's heartbreaking because you see them trying to like, now they're trying to maneuver through the world Yes, and you're seeing how they're trying to do it. And then you're like, oh, 
I don't know what to tell you. I know. You just have to put one step forward, like keep moving. Yeah. Did she have a hard day, like going to the first kindergarten? She actually didn't. She has been, she's sort of changing. Like she used to be very reserved, like Mm -hmm. in groups and then really goofy and wild at home. But she's starting to get more just externally present and and mm. she's keeps coming home from kindergarten being like it was great oh. so like that's been really nice that's exciting that's fun um, yeah and I don't know like I feel like uh, trying to make them like obviously when you're a parent like you're trying to prevent primarily them from having the experiences you had yeah yes. that like turned you into a comedian you know what I mean <laughs> and like so I'm always like anytime there's any hint of like especially things that resonate with me, like where she's when she's self-critical or I can tell she's like keeping something to herself yeah, or thinks that something was bad. Like I'm always kind of like wanting to talk about it with her, but it's hard to, it's hard, especially it's hard if like you, that wasn't done with you when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I feel like I'm kind of like just like raw dogging it because I don't have a map for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not it doesn't help that I'm a therapist. People always ask me that. I'm like, no, it's not the same. It's just <laughs> yeah. like it does not help at all. I know some I would think that maybe a little bit I'm just assuming is that you're you're am I giving you too much information? Because I yes. think about that with when I'm become a parent of like I know this is going to feel like I project my own things onto them. And then they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And this is too much information. You're (laughs) You're giving them a soliloquy about your own issues. And they're like, okay, I'm five. I'm running in the other room now. (laughs) Oh my God. All the time I give too much information, but then I'm like, well, it's better than no information. But yeah, like we were, so my kids, something I had anxiety about was like them um, ever feeling like surprised by the fact that there's a sperm donor involved Okay, because that people, you know, there's, so, there's a lot of politics around like donor use of sperm yeah. donors and stuff. We're in the same oh. predicament. Yeah. Oh. Cause I've got the egg donor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, so that, I don't know what to do. Okay. Well me neither, but I feel like I've thought about it for longer than you probably because okay. I have a five-year-old. Yes. You're in that territory. And my biggest fear and from what I've like seen has been harmful for people who were donor conceived in some way is like feeling like it was like a shock and it was kept from them. Yeah. Oh. So from before my older daughter could understand, we have this book highly recommend. It's called what makes a baby. Gotcha. Okay. I'll give you the info. Okay, I actually please. have an extra one if you want it. Yeah, I'll take oh, it. You, I'll give it to you. We do have a therapist in line for like helping oh. us guide us Navigate. through those moments because we had to do it anyway through the fertility clinic oh okay to see what like if we're prepared for this yes. situation so they were like we're here if you need any oh, questions that's cool yeah that's good because it is new territory it feels like it's very new there's not a lot of information mm-hmm. and so we were always just like telling her the story of how she was made and and we're kind of like some people do this some people do this like there's eggs and there's sperm and they're in different kinds of bodies whatever so she knows like she knows there's a donor. Yes. I don't think she understands what a donor is. Gotcha. But like I was giving her too much information recently and I was like blah 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 and the donor and like whatever and like different <laughs> kinds of families and transgender whatever and she was like yeah. cool can I 
<laughs> and then she's like, can I have a cheese stick? And, I was like, yeah. and there's a paper cup. Yeah. <laughs> and he puts it in there. And yeah. Yeah. Like it was just, I was like, okay, yeah. But, but I think that's a good, like that actually made me feel better. Cause I was like, this is at the level of, can I have a cheese stick? Cause it's like nothing to her. Yes. That's great. Cause she's always yeah. known. So that makes me feel good, but it's very scary. I'm still worried. She's going to like, well, I've, there's another comic um, I've seen, I, she's a, a sperm donor baby and she had bitterness towards I, it. I know. Yeah. I've yeah. seen her TikToks have struck fear into my heart. Same. You yeah. know as well? It's like yes. your, your reality is like being ripped away from you. You know, it's like I, when you learn that Santa Claus isn't real, for me it was seven and it was yes. pretty devastating. It's still a paradigm is. shift. Whimsy but, is and, taken out of your life. Yeah, that's it. And then imagine that just exponentially in your thirties. Yeah. Like it's just. I mean like I sometimes I don't allow myself to do it anymore but there was a period when I first came upon this comedian um, and nothing against this comedian at all no nothing at all and I understand where she's coming from because her background probably might be different since she's in her 20s to 30s I think so and she found out later yes but there was a period even all of those details known to me I would watch her TikToks like just to hurt myself like watch them and be like I'm terrible I'm, for oh, doing this you I know? fucked with nature yes. yeah that's so great I know it's like in, oh, you can put all the comedy that you want out in the world and people will self mutilate with it <laughs> they yeah. will they will and she's not even talking about like she it, it's like her her platform it's about like the um, systemic issues around yes. sperm donation and all of it. So it's it's not like we have been intentional. I'm sure you guys were intentional, but it still really freaked me out. Yeah, because uh, you you think about it, but then you're like, did I think about everything? Yeah. And you don't know until you cross those bridges. I know. And then it, that's why we were talking about like it's been kind of weird. I've been making try to make jokes about it on stage, and I've decided to take them off the mm. table because. I think I'm in a weird, it's a, I think some people still get weirded out by it. And then I haven't even taken it on the road. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know how they're going to go to, with that in Ohio. Yeah. The, Shout the, out to our Ohio listeners. <laughs> well, it's just controversial. And then I have friends that are adopted. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it like, well, it had nothing to do with what your life is, why I made the choices for what was good for our family. Yeah. And so I've just decided to not fuck with it that much. I like the idea of um, you kind of never tell him until he's like 30 and then you're like, well, I actually told you right away. I told you right when you were born. I guess you remember. It's not on me that you don't remember. No, I mean, I literally told you right away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're also like taking gaslight them. Yeah. I I told you. I didn't tell you. In the the NICU, remember? Um, Or like also taking your, you're like, I'm just taking it all down off the internet because I don't want him to stumble across it at five when we give him his own phone yes and let him go let him run wild out there in youtube oh my god well that was the other thing i was worried about is like later on if i had jokes about the way he was conceived is that fair to him to know his birth story but uh, but you know it's your story too it is and like i also feel like heteronormative always talk about have sex all the yeah, time and do. conceiving babies all the time and then that's the norm so why can't we talk about 
You're right. We should. Our, uh, our journey. Done. We can. Yeah. Ellie, yeah. did you carry your kids? Yeah. So I so I have two. The first one we did IUI where they okay. just like they inserted the sperm through a, a intrauterine okay. catheter. Okay. And then. Then um, it fertilizes your. Fertilize. So, Gold, so Goldie, my daughter, that she uh, is from my egg and a, our sperm donor. Gotcha. Okay. And then Birdie, my two-year-old, mm-hmm. we did reciprocal IVF. Mm-hmm. My husband's a trans man. So we, he like majorly took one for the team, went off testosterone, Damn, went through wow. the, the retrieval part of IVF, got some eggs. And <sighs> he was 40 one when he did that. So it okay. took a minute. Oh, wow. It was yeah. like, yeah. How many and, retrievals? Three. Oh. And it was during like. But you, you do get to do fentanyl, which I've learned. I'm like, plus okay. side. <laughs> he's in, he, it, it, he is also uh, in recovery and has been forever. Oh my and gosh. And he was like, like, I kept being like, honey, I'm, it's, it's retrieval day. Are you okay? And he's like, I can't wait till they make me pass out. <laughs> get the free laps. So get your free laps. Such a free laps. <laughs> but, um, and then, so we then used basil, my husband's egg, with the same sperm donor, and I carried her. Okay. okay. So I carried both, but I'm only like genetically related to my older daughter. Gotcha. Oh, but that's yeah. nice. So they're related but to my each husband's, other. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's entwined. I love Everyone's it. It's entwined. a modern family. Yes. It is yes. a modern family. One of my big fears, which I'm so, I, I don't think, I, I don't know that I've talked to any other comics who've gone through IVF. So I'm specifically interested in if you've had this scary thought, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> if you haven't. I'm sorry to put it into your mind. <laughs> no worries. But one of my biggest fears is like, so Birdie, my little daughter, because I'm not genetically related to her, sometimes I picture her as a teenager being really mad at me and going, you're not even my real <gasps> I've already. You've thought about that. I've already had it. I have it almost every single time I'm in the shower where I'm like, I know they don't mean it or they won't in that moment. But mm-hmm. I know that it will u- be used as a tactic. Yeah. Because that's how my brain works. <laughs> oh, I know. That's what you would do. Yeah. I would the thing go that low hurts blow. the most. Yeah. And that, that is just, it's such a clear target. Like yes. it's right yeah. there for the taking. It's my vulnerability. Same. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't go for it, they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If Honestly, if they don't go for it, we have fucked up in some way because they should feel free to hurt us. Yes. <laughs> that means that they're healthy. Yeah. Well, you know? because at a certain age, at Every kid from 15 to about 25 mm-hmm. are the meanest people so mean. ever. And yeah. like, I've thought about it where people are like, were we that way? And you're like, yes, you didn't know that you were. You thought you were being funny, but you're actually being very vicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you were vandalizing a home in the neighborhood <laughs> no. as a joke. Well, yeah. I just think of some of the low blows oh, that sorry. I've sorry. had. You know what that is? That's my birth control alarm and it goes off every show. <laughs> and I never take it. <laughs> We're testing the waters. Oh. Um, <clears throat> What's that about, Katie? I don't know. It's about, it never, it's never by me when it goes off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm 37. I've never been pregnant. And now I'm kind of like, um... Is, is there happening? is there anything up there? Are is you, there anything up there? Are you like kind of quasi intentionally playing fast and loose? I you know I feel I was saying this to someone I'm like that's a very fun game right right <laughs> a little a little Russian roulette yeah. it's kind of like I I felt so much putting so much pressure on myself if I would have kids and last year right when I turned 36 I was like I'm going to take a year to decide mm-hmm. if I want to have kids if I decide in the year then I'm going to go for it and about a month later. 
later, I went into a, such a breakdown because the stress and the pressure that I put on myself, I was just crying. I went with um, my boyfriend. We were out crying, sobbing, crying. And uh, like, no, I'm not ready. He's like, okay, okay. I didn't involve him in this, by the way. Like, yeah. hey, I never even told him about it. <laughs> oh and so God. and so now I also feel like, oh, you know, that's the beauty of uh, an accident is that you, oh, just rip the choice away from me. Totally. Like, just let let God decide. Let's be futile about this. Mm-hmm. Like, will yes. they, won't they? It's my eggs. Will they, won't <laughs> they? My eggs edition. Yes. Um, I have three spare embryos. Yeah. Like, okay. because we got three that, like, fertilized and were genetically tested as, like, likely to succeed, you mm-hmm. know? And we just can't get rip like we just haven't been able to get rid of them but i am not getting well, pregnant again i get it i can't throw away even like ticket stubs to a I, concert <laughs> i know you're hoarding your eggs I'm, I'm hoarding the embryos and i don't like but we don't want them but it's like and lately like oh. we've been trying to um like give them away like we like to people like yeah. being like hey like yeah any anyone need an embryo and we can't get rid of these fuckers i think it's great somebody is gonna there's, want those well there's a lot out there because i've watched docs there about are. it and it's very fascinating. Really? Yes. Because, um, not to instill fear, but you, what ends up happening is, Uh-oh. well, you get to say, but like, there's these like hardcore Christian groups that get them. So it's almost like a way of conversion. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's no. wild. That is some dystopian no, futurism. You have a say. Well, in this your is egg, why I'm your not. Embryos. So, so we could donate them to the fertility clinic and we are not doing that. And that is why. Because I can't. Like I can't let them just be raised by it could a be a stranger. political. If you think about it, you're like, it's the perfect way to get an army. Oh Absolutely. God, if I'm going up. apocalyptic and sci-fi yeah. in yeah, this world, yeah, that's kind of like a fun. Someone should write that pilot. On it, shotgun. No, but but I want to give them. I would ideally like to give them to like queer people. Yes. Or like someone who like just wants a kid, doesn't have an embryo, or doesn't have eggs, but I know who they are. You know. Yeah. So yes. you can you can track them down. Yeah. You know, keep an eye on. That's it. what we're hoping. I love the idea even of just keeping it because they stay forever. Remember they had there was a baby born to a woman and the embryo was actually created before she was born. Yeah. It was one from like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. And that's so crazy. Isn't that wild? You know, maybe like one of your daughters one day is like, <gasps> Oh, I need an embryo. I'm gonna have my own daughter. Oh my god. My yeah. own sister. And then they'll be oh, that's so gross. That's so fucked no, up. No, maybe that's yeah, that's No, that's no good. Science insects. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm but, like, I think I invented something. No. <laughs> I, I would feel like would they always feel like they had been born in the wrong time? Like I wonder if there is something yes. well, they dress, they're like in <laughs> They're Even, like 90s yeah. grunge. Some evolution can happen. I mean, just think of how to, I believe with the iPhone has probably changed our brain science that's yeah. probably gone to our DNA. And that's only in the span of 15 years, yeah. 16. Yes. That I wouldn't, I feel like there would probably be differences from eggs from then or embryos from then than they are yeah. now. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you it never wouldn't know. be shocking. Now, the people that can stay and work from home, those people are thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Introverts, it is our time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're seizing it. 